Brock Lesnar quits SmackDown when they need him the most. Yes, it's Blah V at Blah V87 with your SmackDown review. Brock Lesnar starts SmackDown by leaving, and right after he goes, NXT invades ahead of their showdown with Raw and SmackDown at Survivor Series. Obviously, this is all brought on due to travel issues coming back from Saudi Arabia. But without any further ado, let's review the SmackDown after Crown Jewel. You're listening to Never Sleeps Network. So, no Corey Graves and Michael Cole. They were left behind. We did get Tom Phillips, Renee Young, and Aiden English to start. Later on, English would be replaced by Pat McAfee. Now, English is really only known on commentary as being a face, so Renee tried to be a heel here. Kind of worked. And it was kind of entertaining to watch. We would find out later why they made the switch for McAfee later in the show. Anyway, SmackDown opens with Brock Lesnar. I wrote Brick for a moment. And Paul Heyman, they come out to the ring. They show basically the entire match from Crown Jewel, including Rey Mysterio's beatdown after. And they did make a point about Brock getting revenge for his scar and the nine years between uh, that and when Ken- Cain Velasquez gave him the scar. But he needs to get Rey Mysterio. And when Paul Heyman talked to Vince McMahon about Brock attacking Mysterio, he said, well, Brock's not on Raw, so he can't. So, Brock Lesnar, the WWE Champion, quit then and there, and he will be on Raw to hunt down Rey Mysterio. Seems like a weird flex, but okay. We cut backstage to watch Triple H and HBK sort of in the background as Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar left SmackDown, presumably for the last time. We then got the Women's Champion, Bayley, accompanied, of course, by Sasha Banks, Defending against Nikki Cross, as established from the number one contenders match. And did Alexa Bliss show up for the... No, she did not. She uh, she was not there. I don't know where she is, Alexa. I hope you're okay. And I want to see you back on TV very soon. Anyways, as you can imagine, Sasha Banks got involved many, many a times. And Bayley retained her title. But immediately after, Shayna Baszler, the NXT Women's Champion, came down to the ring. Crushed Bayley. Crushed Sasha. Kind of kicked Nikki, I believe off the apron, and that seemed to do a lot of damage. And this was the beginning of what was teased at Crown Jewel, NXT versus SmackDown versus Raw. And obviously, Baszler didn't even need the help of the other four horsewomen. She just single-handedly ripped apart the three top women on SmackDown. We then went backstage to Kathy Kelly. I'm going to mix the order up of this, but anyways. And she wanted Sami Zayn's thoughts on NXT. And, uh, you know, Sammy had some respect, obviously, coming from NXT. But he warned any superstar who would get involved in his business would have a problem. Of course, at that point, Matt Riddle and Keith Lee, your new favorite tag team, showed up. And, uh, you know, talked to Sammy. Sammy was going to reveal an NXT shirt, except he didn't have one. He had a black shirt. And uh, they then chased him out to the ring. They caught him. And then they beat him up pretty good. And this may set up something with Shinsuke Nakamura. Potentially. But pretty interesting. And obviously, the bro chants were everywhere. Keith Lee did an amazing moonsault. Uh, these guys are awesome. We also had uh, Miss TV, which was supposed to be with Bray Wyatt. But Bray did not make the trip back from Saudi Arabia. If you're wondering what happened exactly. From what I understand, and this is dirt sheet stuff. Brock Lesnar, obviously with Paul Heyman flew back from Saudi Arabia on their private jet, and uh, WWE's plane didn't work. So they, none of them came back in time. And 
you know, maybe there's something to be said for not booking a show in Saudi Arabia mere, you know, a day before SmackDown. Maybe they should put this on a Wednesday, problem solved, but this is working out quite good. So The Miz is uh, there without Bray Wyatt. He was going to interview himself, and he was doing a pretty good job until Tommaso Ciampa's music hit up, and they had a match, and Ciampa won, which was pretty, pretty cool to just put it quite, you know... The pop when he came out, the match itself, excellent. We then had Fire and Desire. They were in the ring. They were going to face uh, Carmella and Dana Brooke, except Bianca Belair was murdering them backstage, essentially. Uh, she threw, particularly Carmella, into a pile of boxes, body gorilla pressed her into there, and uh, it didn't look like Carmella even, I don't know, she looked like she hit cement, but obviously there's padding somewhere. But that was pretty dramatic. And then Rhea Ripley and Tika Knox, I would have preferred Dakota Kai and Tegan Knox to keep their team uh, symmetrical, but whatever. Uh, they came out. Rhea cut a very short and sweet promo, which is basically, uh, it looks like you need uh, someone for a match, and uh, we'll do it with an Australian accent. I can't do it. And, of course, they won. Crazy spot where Tegan Knox threw Sonya Deville into the commentary desk, and her foot hit Renee Young in the nose and gave her a bloody nose. And eventually Rhea Ripley hit a reverse clo cloverleaf in the ring, which... She looked like she was just manhandling uh, Mandy Rose, which she basically was. We had Daniel Bryan backstage. He confronted Triple H and HBK and asked what they were doing. Daniel Bryan wanted to fight Triple H, defend SmackDown's honor, if you will. We had a great deke out by Shawn Michaels, stripping down to his tank top, only for Triple H to be like, oh, it's cold. You should put your uh, you know jacket back on. He basically did. But then Triple H called for the champ, and that was Adam Cole, baby. And we got Daniel Bryan versus Adam Cole in what was a long but joyous match. Unfortunately, Stephanie McMahon had to come out and take credit for Lacey Evans and Natalia, but at least that was brief. Uh, and she also had to show the highlights. But then what we got was an epic match. Uh, this was for the NXT title, so of course Adam Cole had to win because Daniel Bryan is very quintessentially SmackDown, and for him to have won the NXT title here would have sort of... Maybe not entirely, because Daniel Bryan could become the the face of NXT, but it just wouldn't feel real. Um, so so this, this worked. Bryan got the loss, but a very great finish. Then the rest of the NXT roster, at least those who came to help with the raid, many of which really did nothing, uh, came out to the ring. They surrounded Adam Cole, and Triple H cut a promo, basically saying this was the first shot. Pretty good SmackDown. Like, really good. Sort of the irony here of Brock Lesnar leaving right before everything went uh, crazy was pretty funny. But uh, I, I really like the Survivor Series gimmick. I think the way I see this card going um, is that we will get Bailey defending her Women's Championship against Shayna Baszler and hopefully Bailey. I really want to see The Fiend, Bray Wyatt, take on Brock Lesnar, take on Adam Cole. I would love to see the North American champion Roderick Strong going head-to-head -head with Shinsuke Nakamura and, yeah, AJ Styles. The tag team situation is great. You have the other two members of the Undisputed Era. They would go up against the Viking Raiders and uh, the Revival. We could get some very weird stuff. We could see the 24-7 champion Sunil Singh take on the Cruiserweight champion from NXT, Leo Rush, who was part of this invasion. And, of course, it is Survivor Series, so there has to be a 5-on-5, five five, probably a few 5-on-5 five five matches. 
And just, you know, if you look at uh, what we had at Crown Jewel, you could see something where just take anyone who's not a champion. Seth Rollins, Bobby Lashley, Rusev, McIntyre, Ricochet. They could be forced to team up against Roman Reigns, King Corbin, who have a feud going. Now I'm drawing total blank on the SmackDown roster. Shorty G, Ali. And then from there, you can pretty much take your pick. I would, just out of laziness, maybe pick Sami Zayn. But then you get to pick an NXT team, which would be Matt Riddle, possibly Keith Lee, Velveteen Dream if he's healthy, Tomasa Ciampa, um, and Johnny Gargano. Given the Miz's role, I'd maybe throw the Miz on that SmackDown team uh, instead of whoever I said last. And then you start to think about the women's possibilities. You know, Charlotte Flair could captain a team with her new best friend Natalia form a uh, loose friendship uh, alliance, I really should say, with the Kabuki Warriors. And you can throw in a Liv Morgan wild card, and I'm talking about a really wild card, and in a SmackDown team of Fire and Desire, Carmella, Dana Brooke, the team we've never got to see, and Nikki Cross, maybe even Sasha Banks. And then that NXT women's team would definitely have Tegan Knox, Rhea Ripley, Dakota Kai, who we saw as part of the crowd at the end, Maybe you put the two horsewomen on there, or better yet, Bianca Belair and Mia Yim, or better yet, Io Shirai, Candice LeRae. You take your pick. The point is, this could be great, and I'm not even going to get into um, the crazy tag match we could have, because it might involve 30 people, and that's probably too much. But I'm out of breath thinking about that. Very, very cool stuff. You know, I give WWE a lot of credit. Not probably what they wanted to do the night after Crown Jewel, but they really made the best of this. And I really felt like we got a glimpse into the future, and that is always cool. As always, you can tweet me at BilalV87 on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, send me a photo? I don't know. Uh, and I'll be back on Monday night for Raw. Never Sleeps Network. This has been a Never Sleeps Network production, executive produced by Alex Ross. For more information and content, visit NeverSleepsNetwork.com.